Welcome to Jason and the Movie Knots and our latest Marvel cast. This time we're talking about Thor Ragnarok, directed by Taiki Watiti and starring a pretty stellar cast. Chris Hemsworth, Tom Hiddleston, Kate Blanchett. Blanchett, Idris Elba, Jeff Goldblum, Tessa Thompson, Carl Urban, at least his voice, Mark Ruffalo, Anthony Hopkins, Ben Cumberbatch, because I, I could go on and on. Right. Fancy Brown, Taika Waititi. It's, no, I know it's you Taiko, love this movie. Taika or Taiki? I always forget. I love him to death, but I want to get this Taika right. Taika is what it says on IMDb. Taika, that's right. He's a brilliant. I want to. I'm gonna do a lot of tangents in this podcast about him, but um, he also, yeah, voices the character Korg, I believe is his name, uh, in this movie, which makes it great because then he's also in the movie besides being at the helm. We've said this before, but the movies, the Marvel movies that have these kind of idiosyncratic creators, are all like just unique and kind of better than the standard kind of marvel movies i know mm. you love ragnarok i love ragnarok i'm so excited to talk about it are we gonna do that <laughs> go ahead and, and that's so funny i'll be like so, i'm so excited to talk about it and it's just silence and i'm then, like I, i'm waiting for you to jump in i'm giving oh you the my goodness the, the space to talk the green light do i have the green light to finally talk about thor ragnarok How do i have a light behind the Somewhere in the house, I have a light that's green, but consider well, it on for you. For the audio listeners, yeah, which because there is no video. Why would anyone want to see me? Okay, let's get into Thor Ragnarok. And yes, uh, Taika, I love him to death. Uh, I like his humor. And like you said, these certain Marvel movies that feel different than the rest, this is one of the best examples of that, where it just feels like a film he wants to make, but then it also has you know, stuff that we got to get through, which is the Ragnarok happening and Asgard, you know, and um, interesting scenarios for the different characters. But it is definitely feels like a film that he wants to make because of the humor. Like this thing and what I've always talked about in the other movies we've talked about in the Marvel cast is, you know, I enjoy action than humor and a good balance. This is more humor than action. But then on rewatch, I was like, oh, there's a, ton of action too so i think in my memory it was just all jokes it's a lot of jokes probably more than other episodes or, or uh, other movies but at the same time it is also tons of action and a huge would, third act yeah there's a and i'm gonna put here and then leave it that uh, like guardians especially guardians 2 the humor acts as kind of a anesthetic for all the Kind of heavy lifting the script does because there's a lot going on here yeah and there's kind of some deeper kind of political stuff that that ytd is kind of jumping into yeah i want to get into that before we actually started we're supposed to do the thing where we talk about if we liked it in the summary overview and i would say just to jump in first like i do love it just as much as i liked it in the beginning i might like it a little more uh which is interesting i didn't think that was going to be the case and I think that, like I just said, it isn't as many jokes as I thought. In my mind, it was like a joke a minute. Really, that's what my memory was. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is like a totally different Marvel movie. But it wasn't. It was just that they were really good jokes and they didn't feel forced, like a Marvel joke or a movie joke, you know, superhero joke. It felt like 
in the moment, these characters are being funny and that's it. Like they're just being funny. Like the bouncy ball, he throws the bouncy ball, hits the window, hits him back in the head. It's like a slapstick humor or like just some simple comment about a character and how they don't like them. And they're like, you know, being bitchy to each other. It's a cute little moment. Like there's a lot of those great little moments that aren't necessarily like a joke joke. But I think, like I said, there isn't as many as I thought an original watch. My, that's a good, good insight. And I want to hear you talk about that more. Uh, my biggest takeaway is that there's just a lot more things being destroyed and killed in this movie than I remember there being. Mm. For a movie that has a reputation of being a pretty light film, we see uh, Odin die. We see Asgard destroyed. We see Thor enslaved. We actually see, like, no exaggeration, over a thousand creatures killed in this movie. Mm-hmm. And yet somehow it manages to stay really light. But the lightness kind of takes away the pain. Maybe that's a little bit of what I was saying earlier about it being the anesthetic. That's totally right. And I, I was going to bring that up as well. You're right. There's not only is there more action than I remember, but there's a lot of darkness. And it's, I mean, that's so excellent that he can balance those two because there are some really, really dark moments and a lot of people dying, including like one person getting gooified, like literally mm-hmm. just killed and then turned into goo. But again, as soon as that happens, it should be a horrific moment, but it's not because Thor's screaming. And then, you know, uh, Jeff Goldblum is basically saying like, Ew, it's it's getting on my feet. So uh, and they make fun of it, you know. So wow, but you're right, there is a lot of uh dark moments in this, and just literally, not to spoil it, but the end of the movie is like a sad thing. We're gonna assume if you're listening from this point forward, you've seen this movie. Yes, uh, it's the it's not a new movie, it's been around for a while. Okay, warning is Morning is done. Let's get into it. So it starts off, like you said, in kind of a dark way, but also, like we both said, a funny way where Thor is in chains next to that huge monster. Well, I always forget that guy's name. What's do we know? Surtur. Surtur. Okay. But he's it's again humor. It's that whole beginning is what I love. It's almost like it sets the tone immediately. It's like, you know, Taika's like take on this whole movie is that beginning. Right. So there's a great contrast between this movie and the other, two, the first two Thor movies, because the first two Thor movies, we hear uh, Odin tell us long monologue that gives us a history. It feels weighty and feels heavy. And instead, in this movie, we see Thor trapped like almost like in a birdcage mm-hmm. and he's giggling and kind of just our pal. Yeah. It's like a fun little, I don't know what other kind of movies do that, but it's where the character, the main character is talking to camera, breaking fourth wall, essentially. You know, that's what it feels like. He's because he's like summarizing for us. He is that narrator, but he's in a tricky situation. You know, how is he going to get out of it? And what I wrote down in my notes is that whole beginning feels like a mini plot, right? Like that's the whole movie. Because essentially he gets out of the chains, he beats the guy and he like takes off and you're like, oh, that's like the, like a whole movie in one. Just like a one quick little movie. Did it remind you a little bit of like the beginning of a James Bond movie? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm tied up and no, I expect you to die. But of course he's going to get out. Yeah. And then, you know, he escapes. You almost imagine, you know, the theme music coming on and Adele singing Skyfall or something at that point. Yeah. Or Billie Eilish singing her new Bond song. Right. Um, 
But then, I just yeah, dated myself, and you, you're no. you got the current reference there. Nice. No, no, Adele is releasing a new record right now. At the time of this recording, she's That's putting true. out. His, yeah, oh. Adele is very big. That's why that was on my mind. Um, I think what the other thing I wrote down at Asterix here is it, it already starts showing these awkward moments. Like he's got to leave that planet after killing that monster, but the new guy who's taken over for the Bifrost Gate thing, he's kind of just a I don't know lazy kind of guy or something or. He's, mm-hmm. he's really bravado and he's just trying to impress these two girls and he's showing their guns and stuff. And all that, again, is a very Taika, like comedy based movie, right? It's like he's showing, literally showing him guns. Then when he brings him, brings Thor back, it's like with the head of a, that dragon that was chasing him. And then it's all gross. And again, it's funny again. It's slapstick. There's, there's goo everywhere. Mm-hmm. But it's still just weird and kind of kind of dark at the same time yeah at some point he's doing a shake weight though remember he's actually uh, doing a shake weight that's so corny but yeah because he's well he's all into accumulating stuff stuff scourge yeah. the social climber who betrays his own people right that's comes his name. back to them at the end yeah carl urban by the way who's hilarious in this i wish he was wish he was half as funny on this as he is on the boys oh that's right he is in the boys yeah, he's kind of like boring in this movie, in my opinion. He's just kind of there and to be this kind of, yeah, backstabbing guy. I think um, he has a lot of, a lot of story to him, though. We could talk about that maybe towards the end, but I think he's an underrated character in this film. I think so too, but I, it might be the the casting, in my opinion, because, and maybe I didn't remember that I was thinking about him from the boys, but um, yeah, it just it, I, I never really like took to that character and maybe it's the the actor in the role uh and of course he's obviously like gonna you know be the the one who betrays them so um so anyways after they thor get there uh gets back to asgard um loki shows up right is about the same time mm-hmm. yep and then they're like seeing that play where odin's like you know just basically chilling odin in quotes is chilling just like not caring about what happens to the, everybody and just watching like theater. And I thought it was hilarious. I forgot that Matt Damon was in that. Right. Yes. I totally forgot. I would not have remembered in my his, in my memory books of my mind if I didn't see it again. So yeah, Matt Damon was uh, Loki, right? Or mm-hmm. was he? Yeah, Loki. He plays Loki. Yeah, that's right. So anyway, Thor shows up and he's like, no, you know, you're not really Odin. You're my brother. You're just pretending and and you know, take, making a fool of my dad and they had to go find Odin because he's gone missing. And then they, Dr. Strange helps out. I forgot that totally. Dr. Strange helps get them to the dad. They're so great together too. And such a nice callback to Dr. Strange. I thought it's basically the same scene being seen through Thor's eyes instead of seeing, being seen through Dr. Strange's Dr. eyes. Dr. Strange's eyes, that's right. And again, it's so funny to see Loki like totally out of his league to try to like mess with Dr. Strange. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, no, you guys go away now. <laughs> Fling. Yeah. He sends them. Apparently all the beaming scenes were done with practical, practical effects. They weren't made with digital effects. Oh, nice. Yeah. And now, you know, uh, so they go find Odin and Odin like says, Hey, you have a sister. Her name's Hela. Uh, she's coming to bring the Ragnarok. You can't do anything about it. And also I'm going to go die now. And that's it. And good luck. I got I got to leave. And he disappears. I forgot because I don't remember what happens after this movie, but is he dead dead after that? He's dead. Yeah. 
You just disappeared. You had to go. I thought Odin couldn't die because he's a god, though. I'm confused. Even gods can die? I think that goes against the idea, but okay. We see several gods die. Well, in this universe, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the the greater concept of a god, but... Under the Marvel mythology, gods can die. Right. And gods can die. And he did. So they leave, and I don't know why, but I had a question for you. Why does he say... Uh, Thor says to Loki, this is your doing. What did he mean by that? Because I, he was either referring to Ragnarok or Odin dying. And I'm thinking it's Odin dying. I think it's Odin dying, but I, you're right. I have trouble remembering. There's not, By the way, the movie doesn't give you any more exposition that you would know. It's more like we should be doing a callback from another movie we've watched. Because that's what they're, they're trying to do, I think. And I have not, I do not remember what that is. The fact that neither of us can come up with that answer shows it wasn't well thought through for this movie. I guess not, but it's an interesting thing because I'd love to like go down and figure out maybe through another movie what you know what he thinks he caused it from. But anyways, Kate, Kate Blanchett shows up. Hella, she's awesome. You like her, right? In this movie, yeah. Did you think they brought in the idea of her being the lost, not the lost sister, but the unknown sister, kind of suddenly? It's it's kind in my opinion, it's probably the corniest thing of this whole movie. Now, her character is great, and I love Kate Blanchett, and she plays an awesome villain. And I like how unstoppable she is, you know, for most of the movie. So I like the character, but yeah, I don't it didn't need to be the sister, and I it didn't need to be like, oh, you didn't know all this stuff about you know your past. Um, yeah, I guess my short answer is I didn't need to be set up the way it was. It could have just been like another demon-esque woman you know, who is the ender of the world or something. I mean, in the comics, she is kind of the other, excuse me, the other sibling. And also uh, it makes sense in that in mythology, they do kind of have these additional stories that you kind of learn about as you go, right? So stuff gets revealed to you as the story goes on. But I did feel like a little plot hammery for her to be this unknown sister. Yeah. Now, Blanchette, I thought was amazing in this movie, actually. Her character has such kind of self-possession. She's so calm as everything happens around her, Mm -hmm. or she makes all these things happen around her. It's just a really impressive kind of really interesting performance, how she just shows so much control of her characters in her life. She's so disciplined in this role. And that's a really kind of unappetizing way to say it. But that that discipline, she just seems to be a character who's very controlled in her reactions to things. I think it has to do with the fact that she's part of Ragnarok, which is kind of fate, right? She's the literal goddess of death, too. Right. So those two things put together, I think the confidence <laughs> comes yeah. from that. It's like, hey, everyone's always told me that I'm going to like cause Ragnarok. So I'm not afraid about anything. Mm-hmm. But you're right that the, she, the actress, like totally goes into that. Like there's no fear in her eyes ever in this movie. I think near the end, maybe a little bit. And the, the bit about her being the, the sister also goes to this idea that what TD talks, kind of explores over and over again, which is uh, the lies people tell each other or the uh, lack of, uh, the way people tell each other fictions or leave things out, right? We have the play which is a fake retelling of mm. the story of, of Thor and, and Loki, which puts Loki as the hero. Uh, we have this, we have, you know, Jeff Goldblum as the enslaver guy who's basically 
lying to himself about what he's doing, right? They're employees without pay or whatever he calls them. Oh, at the end, because he doesn't want to say the S you know, word. The yeah. grandmaster is like so, like this movie, there's a lot in this movie about characters lying to each other and coming to a deeper revelation about what's going on in their world, mm. which is what part of what makes this movie so dark and also so light, right? Because like, if you, what would you do if someone came to you and said, hey, you know what? I'm your sister. You never met me, but I have, you know, I've been around all your life. Yeah, and by the like, way, I'm going to destroy the, your most precious, or most precious possession. Perfect segue. I was going to say she just like walks in the place and he literally smashes his hammer, which has never happened in any, you know, movie ever uh, yet, where it's actually like gone. I, by the way, I don't know how he gets it back because he doesn't in this movie. So I, I forgot how he gets back. Um, no, but he yeah, doesn't in this movie, no. So yeah, he doesn't. It's it's outside the scope of this. We can keep exploring as we go on with the series. Yeah. But you're right about that, like the idea of these characters who are larger than life, but are also like, well, that's classic storytelling, flawed and having to come to realizations themselves, including the Valkyrie lady, which Valkyrie is another example. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just jump into the Grandmaster. Like you mentioned, Jeff Goldblum. Perfect. I mean, he's the I, he's incredible. This is this kind of a role and his whole idea of having a contest of champions. Yet, like you said, has these in quotes workers just slaves yeah basically um and then he has everybody fight the champion which again if you haven't seen this movie the first time you see it the fact that it turns out to be hulk is like a big reveal you know i remember it like being surprised by that when i first saw it i remember it was in the trailer and oh was it in the trailer yes because they couldn't resist having it's sharing the uh oh it's okay he's our friend from work joke oh that's right they did share that man maybe i wasn't spoiled or maybe i was spoiled that sucks i would have much rather have not known you know um so and they also cute, here's a nice little bit yeah uh so thor's thor's captured by the grandmaster um he's taken to the prison um he's thrown into uh he's thrown into a cell with the other warriors right um, which is a trope that comes up often in the Marvel in Marvel comics, including in a great storyline called Planet Hulk, that has the Hulk as be, grow from being a kind of Colosseum warrior into being the king of a planet. So oh, quite good story, uh, great title too. But also Korg, uh, in the very first issue of our very first appearance of Thor, he fights the Stone Man from Saturn, as they call him, oh. and Korg looks just like a Stone Man from Saturn. But he's definitely not whatever you think he is in the comic So books. if you're a comic fan, uh, it's this kind of very subtle throwback at this moment that Thor doesn't have a hammer, the thing that's most precious to him. He has to return back to his original self in order to be more himself. I don't know. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but this Korg doesn't know him, right? And this Korg is like, no. obviously, Watiti and being like very comical and comic relief. It's a stretch to say that's there, but I think it's an Easter egg for. No, yeah, probably. Um, and I love when they do that. But yeah. also to that point, when Thor is captured, uh, and basically it's all because that stupid little thing they put in his neck, uh, they really do go over the top with the jokes around this time because that's when they kill the guy and turn him into goo. Thor is like screaming. They 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 laugh at his thunder powers and they call it sparks. Yeah, because he can't shoot any thunder. He's he just got the sparks with him. Yeah. Which, by the way, he doesn't know. It's it's in him the whole time, and he actually could have, but he has to get it, like, realized. 
could have been corny. Turns out, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, and then, like you said, we meet Cork, I think, for the first time, probably. You didn't um, mention the first scene with Valkyrie, because she's the one who captures him. Oh, that's right. She captures him on the planet. They go, you know, he, she, he's on the, he gets sent to the planet of trash or whatever it's called, the garbage planet, where the Valkyrie is. seems like she could be a character out of Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, and she's, she's an from alcoholic. Westworld. Yeah. She's a self-centered she's a jerk no one respects her then there's that scene where she kills the hundred uh, maybe a hundred people from the planet because she's basically proving herself to be tough talking about the humor right she gets these she puts on these gloves that she's going to use to uh fire her ship's guns and she has to bang them together to get them to start like they won't start for her it's like just a really nice kind of a little funny moment like yeah she's a fuck up too by the way real quick to that point is another tangent and I wrote a lot of these down, but this is um, that part you just mentioned with her punching the gloves together. There's just so many things where a person should be badass, and what TD feels like the whole movie he's going to take the piss out of heroes. Like yeah. that's really what this message is. It's like no one's as strong as they think they are. Besides Kate Blanchett, who's always strong. Yeah, but I think everybody right? else. Yeah, like even Hulk with Bruce Banner part. You know, there's a lot of comedy there. Obviously, with Thor, the whole time they're making fun of him not just with Ms. Sparkles, but like all the time, always. And he's always returning humor back. And even Valkyrie, who's, you know, supposed to be this badass, she's got like these little things that are going to take the power away. So I think that's really interesting. He keeps doing that all the time throughout this movie. Oh, I wrote down that Hela, you know, she goes in and starts basically cleaning house while, while Thor is in, you know, and Loki and Hulk are on this other planet. She's basically saying like, I'm going to take over. She does some terrible, she kills a bunch of people, I think. She blows up things. She, she changes like the paintings and says, back to that earlier point, like this doesn't show the real history. So, you know, they, you know, he didn't want to know about me, blah, blah, blah. So that's going on at the same time. And then we get to the, before we get to the Hulk fight, Stan Lee cuts Thor's hair, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> so I want to go back one second there. So... Yeah. I feel like I'm the one who's being this, uh, bringing up these serious elements. The one who's bringing up the funny elements, and that's no, fine. Let's do that's, both. That that's our that's our little thing here. When she reveals the real truth between uh, what what was behind Asgard, and basically it's an empire built on lies, a lot like uh, you know New Zealand pushing out the Maori people because Taiki Waikiki is uh, Maori, a lot like right. the U.S. too, right? And it's just kind of kind of veiled kind of anti-imperialist message which i thought was a really interesting throw-in wow there's, there's this kind of interesting level of sophistication here of again lies that we're told that turn out to not be true yeah yeah there is many layers to this i might have to watch this a third time which i've never done i think on this show <laughs> but you're right because there is a lot of layers of like oppression and who's in control and that kind of stuff so um, and I know I just breezed by it, but yeah, there, that's a pretty long scene where she's kind of going through the, um, what, what is not really the reality of the situation where like literally she's taking his statues and stuff or, or his, his uh, prizes or trophies and be like, this is all, you know, bullshit, basically. They could be Confederate statues. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. We're not going to go there fully no, right we, now. We, not, we don't need to go there. I'm well, just kind of throwing out some raw meat. Yes. Um, okay, so then we get the Hulk fight, 
And then again, I think I was kind of confused why Hulk still fought him even after he saw him, but it's because he kind of got lost in his Hulkism. Yeah. And I think that's happened in the comics before where he's just like, he's just mean Hulk and that's just going to be it for a while. One of the best fight scenes in any Marvel movie. It's freaking awesome because it's funny too. Remember? It's funny too. He keeps thinking like, oh, I got him. And yeah, it's just, it's funny and it's a good action scene. So Mm -hmm. even though it's all CG, which is crazy, like most of it. Um, Right, yeah, yeah, great CG. And And then that's where he gets his power back, by the way, the first time he gets his thunder back. Right. Grandmaster sitting in his box with Valkyrie and also with his aides, his his assistants, whatever they are, who all look like characters drawn by Jack Kirby. Oh, I didn't really look at the other characters. I just saw Loki. I was like, look, always yeah, you know, those him. like the guys with the big helmets and stuff. Mm-hmm. Those are classic Jack Kirby designs. Interesting. Yeah, they're like, um, that's just the theater of, you know, war. The, the There's so many movies that do this. The Romans, mm-hmm. right? Like, let's just go have people fight each other for our, our fun and enjoyment. Um, also, they introduced the idea of a resistance with Scourge. Not Scourge, Korg. Why did I tell Korg? Yeah. Oh, because there's a reason. There's too many resistance. Again, back to political. There's a resistance that Korg wants to do. Remember, he said he he started a, a res, uh, resistance once, and he says, "I don't think I did enough pamphlets." Right. And people didn't want to show up. Right. Hilarious. Um, there's so many one-liner jokes. I won't get to any of them in this review, but um, and then there's a resistance on Asgard with um you know the people like kind of going underground i think that gets introduced soon it does and they, they the common folk completely fail in their revolution i know they basically have to just leave yeah. um and so then meet up with the original bifrost guard oh so the original bifrost guard is what's his name heimdall heimdall yeah so he's in hiding and he's helping basically get people out of asgard yeah, Idris Elba, who's never Idris used Elba. as much as he should be in these three movies, but and a different conversation. I know, and this is where he's in the Marvel universe, and he's also in the DC universe now, right? Because of uh, Suicide Squad. Uh, Thor and Hulk chat. They find about the twin jet. Uh, Earth, Earth hate Hulk is what Hulk said. They have a lot of great conversations, Thor and Hulk. I mean, that's what I do remember that started coming in when I started watching those scenes, like. Yeah, there's a lot of comedy here because he's trying to calm him down. He's like making fun of him. They throw things at each other a lot. Uh, he says, Earth hate Hulk. And he's like, well, you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and oh, then he, at some point he goes, Hulk says, you're the baddest friend. You have baby arms. <laughs> <laughs> I lo- There's so many of those, la- those lines that are like laugh out loud funny. Yeah. Um, and then Thor sees what's happening. He kind of gets the vision through Hemdale, whatever his name is. And the fact of what's going on in Asgard, they decide finally to all come together, which is the Valkyrie, Hulk, and Thor to go back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then also we get Banner back because he calms him down and he gets Banner back instead of Hulk. I thought Mark Ruffalo was so good in this movie. Yeah, he has more range in this movie because he's got to be extreme Hulk and not just for the CG moments, but like he's got to kind of like not know what's been going on, you know, like the amnesia thing. When he realizes he's been trapped in that body for two years and that he gets so serious. He gets right? serious. Like yeah. Soulful eyes don't force me to become the Hulk again. And then this crowd comes around 
we were oh, yeah. waving Hulk heads and they threw a greed all over him. And he's like, fuck, I'm just trapped. And yeah. they, what, what do I do now with this? That and scene. Funny, horrible, horrible, funny slash horrible scene, right? Yeah, that scene specifically seems like it's taken from another movie where it's like, you know, the person who's distraught and doesn't want to see something. It's like then all of a sudden he walks into a parade and it's just all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Like a rom-com or something. It's like, and I know it's a darker scene in this movie, but like I've seen that scene before. That's all I'm saying. Like, oh, no, don't show me this. And it's everywhere. Everywhere. Right. It's it's such a hilarious moment, but also it fits the plot so well. It doesn't yeah. feel awkward at all. Yeah. Oh, by the way, let's let me take a moment here. Oh, yeah, like I'm almost three quarters away through my notes. This movie, to that point, normally we talk about Marvel movies and they either they're all over the place plot wise or they're like a ride and they feel good or they're all over the place, but it's okay because they come together somehow. Right. Mm-hmm. Or they think the fourth or fifth one is they're good for a good ride. And then the third act is like out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a lot of the templates we've, we've experienced. I feel like this one is just one long ride because I don't think anything jumps away too much. We don't go to the past a lot, you know, just a little bit here and there. But I, 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 what do you think? I feel like it's a good long ride and that's it. I think you, especially at first watch, you just start kind of grooving along with this movie. It's, it's just dragging you along for the ride. Yeah. Right, like so, a Guardians movie. Yeah, like like Guardians 1 and 2. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting we keep coming back to the James Gunn movies. Yeah. Well, to me, that's that's what this feels the closest to, you know? And that's mm-hmm. probably why I like all of them. The, the well, biggest you scores like the, so far. You like the characters, except for the couple you don't like. Um, and even them, even they have redeeming qualities to them. Yeah, with the, yeah, well, with the possible exception of Jeff Goldblum, who, who's just an annoying fuck, but he's supposed to be an annoying fuck. But also, he's just of Jeff Goldblum. So for me, it's like hard to get mad at him. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Which, by the way, that could have suffered, and it didn't for some reason, where, you know, I don't like that thing where... You know, you have an actor who's so famous and so well known for so many things, and then you just see the actor. I still saw Jeff Goldblum a lot, but I also saw the Grandmaster. I don't know. Yeah, that was your what was it Jeff Bridges that you complained about with? Oh that? yeah. Oh yeah. Oh no, it, no, is the other yes, but also um, in Second Guardians movie. But like, I see Kurt Russell. I just see Escape from New York. Or I see Kurt Russell. So yeah, it sometimes it just really can be that way. Anywho. Uh, let me go back to my notes. Hella history lesson, killing, uh, blah, blah. Oh yeah. So she's like telling Thor, they, they finally fight. I'm going to jump around. I think, oh, Loki goes with the revolutionaries and Korg, which I thought was cool. So they go off on a little separate thing mm-hmm. in a spaceship. People are leaving evil dead type shot of people getting ready. Oh, I wrote that down. Cause there's a definitely a, like, we're all going to get ready to fight now. And it's like those close-ups on like things being prepared. Yeah, that's an Evil Dead shot. That's like mm-hmm. a totally homage to Evil Dead. Um, and then, yeah, at some point, Thor is fighting Hela, and he, he, she freaking takes his eye, which is intense, and I guess is can- canon because he doesn't have. He always has a patch now. He always has the patch now. Super dark. This is a threat unlike anything else. He could be killed too. It brings the threat to a whole nother level. And is that in the comics that Thor lost his eye? Yeah, for a while he had lost his eye. Did he get it back because it's comics? He got it back because it's comics. Yeah. Nothing's ever permanent. Nothing's ever permanent in comics, which we've never talked about, but that is definitely what I think of when I think of comics. Like, don't worry, the guy died, he's back. The guy lost his eye, he's back. When we were talking about Odin dying, I'm like, 
Yeah, in the comics, he'd be back in a hundred issues. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then, so we also have the extension of that fight going into the Bifrost with the Battle of the Big Wolf, and they they throw Banner down, and he's just Banner, and then he turns into the Hulk. But it's funny how they throw him down; he's just Banner. George realizes that he's doing the wrong thing, so yep. he he turns and fights against Hela and everyone else. Um, so. And, and then everybody the, fights. There's the evocation of the Frank Frazetta painting of Conan on top of a mass of bodies as the bodies climb, the, as the uh, monsters climb on top of each other to fight against Thor. Oh, I think I missed that. Is yeah, it's a very cool moment is when they were playing uh, the immigrant song. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the immigrant song, by the way, we didn't mention is in the beginning of this movie and it's at the end of this movie. Right. So it's a perfect bookend. Intentionally, I'm I'm sure. Yeah. As a way of, kind of emphasizing the character's journey. And around this time is when you have Thor get his flashbacks, get his thunder power back. Um, you have Valkyrie kicking ass. You have Hulk kicking ass and Loki kicking ass. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it is a full-on third act that you would expect. But for some reason, it feels more earned now, in my opinion. Yeah. And some of the other Marvel movies where it's like, okay, now we all just kick ass. But like this one, I was like, the song kicks in. And I was feeling real good about it. Like, I really like all that action going on. I agree. The vault, they go get the guy from the beginning. Oh, yeah. So they get the guy from the beginning, which to me is kind of comedy. But again, this review is so crazy. It's totally dark. In my mind, it's kind of comedy because the beginning, remember, this demon guy, what's his name again? Searcher. Searcher is a joke, right? The beginning of the movie, he's a joke. Mm-hmm. he's not taken seriously Thor is literally laughing at, with us at the audience at him right and then just beats him mm-hmm. now he is the only thing they need and he's the and he's the he needs revelation he's Ragnarok and he was always supposed to do that it's like so much more that right. and even though, but another thing time, that seems to be one it. thing it becomes another thing as we're watching it yeah and then he literally straight up kills Hela as part of his prophecy but also has to destroy all of Asgard. Poetic. Which is okay because Asgard is a people and not a place. They say that line in the movie. Which at first was like, yeah, what are you talking about? This doesn't make any sense. It's a place. It's obviously a magical, special place. (laughs) It's a real place, yeah. But what does it matter really? Because it is, I didn't feel like Asgard was a place I, really wanted to visit it didn't seem like an especially cool place it just was a place yeah um you know it's not like we had any idea what their civilization was so the loss of that place didn't matter that much to me the more i cared more about the the uh heroes who came from it plus back to your original point now that i remember in this movie it shows the total difference of class system in asgard yeah, you're seeing the common folk down below, right? And they're running around in the woods, and they're not, you know, they're wearing like you know raggedy clothes. And then you think about all the times we've seen Asgard in these movies being very fancy and grapes being served, right? And so it's only a, the king and his yeah royal family. Well, it seemed like there was more than just the royal family because if you think of that area, remember when they're doing like the revolution there. And the people go like, we're not going to take you, Kate Blanchett. <laughs> Get out of here. And then she just wipes people. But those people living there, that's kind of a different high class area. Yeah, too, that's I true. I mean, we don't know really what their lives are like at all. No, we no. only see them when they're fleeing and 
I got the idea that was mostly what they were wearing was kind of their, their for want of a better term, like tribal clothes. Mm. Anyways, that's another thing to open up later on. Yeah. That's the end of the movie because that's pretty much it. He's got a patch like dad. And I think that's how it ends, right? Yeah. And a scene remarkably similar actually to Guardians 2 when they're all kind of on the spaceship watching the, the fight, you know? Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're looking at this thing that has to happen. It's really good. It's just as good as I remembered it. It has more layers, even but as we talked about it. Two bonus scenes. Two bonus oh, scenes, right. So they're not very the big, bonus scenes. There's Thor and Loki, right? And then there's uh, the Grandmaster. I, for- I literally yeah. forgot them. At the end, Thor and Loki and um, their friends are all floating in space. And they have... I mean, a moment that's actually a lot like uh, Star Wars The New Hope where Thanos' ship appears around their ship. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Massively, massively larger. Yeah. And then the second bonus scene is just a little extra. With the it's Grand just Grandmaster. Yeah, going like, oh, I someone won or whatever. I don't know. I He's wanted like, this revolution. He yeah. says as he crashes down in the middle of the garbage. He's just trying to save face. Um, both those didn't feel super inconsequential to me but like we've had other kind of bigger reveals in the end yeah i mean the the the, the first reveal goes right into infinity war right right i think i know my score would i'm gonna let you go first i think though you persuaded me and i persuaded myself that this is even better than i thought it was last week well i'm just gonna say as we talk about tonight even though our my my uh rating was high you talking about the other layers too made me think of it in a better way as well. So I would say I've identified four Marvel movies. This is the fourth of them that I really, really liked. It's a really pretentious way of me saying there are four Marvel movies that I really liked. Mm-hmm. They are Black Panther, Guardians 2, and Doctor Strange. Okay. Uh, compared to all of, compared to those Three, I'd have to say that this is the best movie as a movie and as a way of making me care about these characters. The closest movie to that, I, well, so Black Panther, I have a deep love of the source material and it's a pretty great movie. Uh, Guardians 2 also is a great movie for illuminating the character and telling a deeper story, but there's elements to this movie that just feel unique. So, I think this movie earns the number one slot for me. Ooh, I, I'm I'm feeling good. I feel so I feel happy that this, you like it. We'll give this a. I'll give it a nine. That's is that the high? Oh, you've done a nine before. I think you've done one nine, right? Or maybe you haven't. There if were, we ever kept records, we would know. There's our running gag. I think. Nine point five. I was playing with the nine point five. It's, it's easily 9.5. There's like just a smidgen of like, maybe it was a little long, I think. In second watch, I was like, it's two hours plus. It's like easily two and a half hours or mm-hmm. almost. Yeah. I thought it was maybe a little long because I like the journey. I, can, I guess I didn't ever feel like it was long though during it because they do such a good job again of comedy and stuff. I don't know what the, I'm going to take the 0.5 off for, but it's not a perfect movie. So very few things to, to, to worry about with this. I think it's an amazing watch. I could almost give it the 0.5, but 
Ooh, come over to this side. <laughs> nice and happy over here. We all like. Instead, I'm going to transition. Okay. Uh, the next movie in our Marvel movie watch in order. Speaking of long movies, uh, Avengers Infinity War. Oh, no. <laughs> That's an epic one. That one, okay. I already know that that one's too long. Like, wouldn't you say that when you first watch it? Yeah, or but I'm do- curious if it still feels like it's too long. Did we see Infinity War? Together? Infinity War. I think we did. We, did. we were talking about it, yeah. And we were so excited. And it, yeah, it was with that little, uh, the small theater where you get like the food and stuff. Right. I think we did. It was an epic. If, if not, let's just say we did and put it in our memory breaks as we did. But I do remember seeing the first time going like, this should be over now. And then it's like, uh, now a huge battle scene that will take very long. And these characters will die, but you know they aren't going to stay dead. Right. All right, well, I'll, I'll watch it. What's your guess? Podcast. What do you think you'll rate it? You're not going to like it. I think. 7.5 or 8. I think I'm going to be really, really upset with how long it is and that there's not much consequences because that snap is bullshit. Um, oh, I swear twice in this podcast. Do you have to edit both of those? <laughs> no. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I think I'm gonna say it's too long, and I don't like the stakes in the movie, which I think is what I'm already thinking. Okay, seven point uh, five. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna give it a seven. Ooh, you're both okay. We're both in the same realm yeah. then. I knew that I didn't love love it, but I'd like it, it to come back huge. and be a better movie than I remember it being. All right, let's do it. All right, thanks for doing this, Carlos. Where can people find you? Uh, I'm on TikTok. Uh, oh, I've changed my TikTok name. So it's just my name, Carlos Rodella. Carlos, R-O-D-E-L-A. Look for him there. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave feedback on iTunes. It really helps. Thank you. Thanks. Bye.